0: And this is Will Wilcox. There you go. There you go. Yes. Yeah! Jim Renner on the 15th hole. His third shot. You bet.
1: Here's another episode of Beer Time. And I'm super stoked to have a longtime friend, Lonto Griffin, PGA Tour winner, multiple-time Ferry Tour winner, uh, he's getting ready to come back on to your next year after a little layoff but well, a back injury but anyway
0: thanks for coming on dude I appreciate that guy no, thanks for having me my former boss Willie Wilcox it's always good to talk to you
1: yeah pretty pretty wild think about that um, now it, it all uh, went down and you've always been super super cool and gracious and thanked me and you know it's
0: always brought
1: a tear to my eye I remember when you when you won in Houston in 19 you you mentioned me in your, uh, your your speech afterwards, and you know that was always really cool. But what we did in in fourteen uh, was pretty cool because I mean that week you were you were pretty down and out, and then you ended up winning shortly thereafter the uh, stayed open. And uh, well, yeah, caddying for me kind of
0: got things rolling a little bit. Yeah, no, it was. I think a lot of people have stories where they kind of exaggerating, like if this didn't happen I wouldn't have made it, or if this didn't happen I wouldn't have met my wife, whatever it may be but I can legitimately say that if I didn't have it for you at the Greenbrier in 14 I wouldn't be playing pro golf right now, I wouldn't have won on a PGA Tour, all that, just, just because I was in such a dump at the time I was I was in so much debt and, and just discouraged, I was playing awful and some something. It was something weird happened that week where you kind of showed me that it didn't, like you didn't have to try so hard. Like it, it wasn't as, you know, far away as I thought it was playing on the Fiji tour. And you finished fourth. You know, you made $227,000, which to this day still amazes me. But the fact that you paid me like a normal caddy, you gave me, you know, normal weekly pay, seven or 8% which was extremely generous. You don't need to do that for a buddy. I I think I got a $17,000 check from you. And I literally went from having $176 in my account to having $176 in my bank account, but $17,000 more credit on my credit card. uh, If that makes sense. So yeah, I got a lot of of breathing. Yeah, no. and, And many tour players know it's like all you need is an opportunity and feel like you have a chance and, And that feels really good. Uh, it's when your back's against the wall and you're broke and nobody wants to help you anymore because you haven't been playing well and it's just snowball. So I, I look back on that week. I think the key to, the key to lights is kind of taking advantage of opportunities and you certainly, uh, you gave me a hell of an opportunity by playing well that week and, uh, and it's pretty cool that we, we got that, that little connection. And um, not to mention, we were really good buddies before that. I caddied for you a couple of times after that. And, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but if I hadn't made the corn fairy finals that year, you had told me you're like, if you want to come caddy for me next year, I'd love to have you. And it was like, if I go into corn fairy finals, I don't, if, if I don't, everybody, most people know Q school is just three, you know, three different events where you have to play really well and it's just extreme pressure. If I didn't, make it three and my coronary card that year i was i was going to come caddy for you on tour and and um you know so it's it's wild to think back to that period of time and and uh you know and just kind of think of the what ifs and and i'm very grateful for how well you struck it that week at the Greenbrier because you didn't make a putt outside eight feet the whole way and finish four it was a wild
1: we had to play with some great players. So, you, we both got to, we both gained a lot of confidence that week. Cause I mean, when you see, so get, you get paired with total strike shows and you're like, oh, they're human too. I mean, I assume yeah. since you've been playing in these big events uh, for such a good while now, especially since you won in 19 at Houston. Um, I mean, and, and obviously you played the 17, 18 season on the VGA Tour. Um, but to see these guys that we've watched on TV our lives and you just like, wow, they're human. Uh, everybody makes mistakes. I don't have to be some f- freak show. And, you know, I mean, I know you, you've always been a super hard worker, but um, you, you just know now, uh, you know, when to have the pedal down. It doesn't have to be down all the friggin time.
0: No, no, that's a good point. Yeah, that's that's one thing when you watch golf on TV. And when you watch PJ PGA Tour on TV, you're always watching the guys that are playing well. You know, mm-hmm. you're watching. They, they only show the top 10. If you're not, top 10 player in the world or a huge name like Ricky Fowler or something, they're not showing your bad shots, which is really cool for us because, you know, I hit a seven iron and plug it on the lip of a bunker or, you know, block one in the water. They're not going to show that on TV. They're only going to show my good shots. So, but when you're watching on TV growing up, you're like, holy shit, every single player is perfect. Everybody's really good. When you get out there and you see some of the best players in the world, you know hit really bad shots on weeks and not playing well that gives you confidence because you feel like you're not you know you're not alone um so yeah getting out on tour and playing i, I tell a lot of new tour players and corn fairy tour players that same thing i'm like you're not nearly as far away from playing on the PJ tour or winning on the PJ tour than you think it's it's more just look at guys like ryan Arlen, ryan Stewart and peter malnati like they got something yeah. special. They got something special upstairs in their mind because nobody's going to teach their golf swing, but they've, you know, worked their asses off. They, they do all the right stuff, their course management, putting, shortening. So it's like every, there's so many tour players that have different strengths. And some like Keith Mitchell, I look at him as being like the god of ball striking. His swing is unbelievable, but he does, he's won once. Yeah. And then you look at a guy like Brian Stewart, who's been on tour for, you know, 10, 10, 12 years maybe, and you know, you put him in a member guest and you're gonna be like, Man, he's good, but you know, he's not he doesn't blow you away. And it's just it's it's really cool to see both sides of it. The guys that grind it out, they just have a really good short game, but it's really cool to see guys that are just freak shows, freak talents that you know, they can do whatever they want with a golf ball. But um yeah. over seventy yeah over 72 holes both of them every single style has a chance on on the pj tour oh uh, yeah our
1: boy uh, Tyson Alexander I had him on last week uh pretty cool to see him uh break through him mean, he's been a he's been a, a grinder for such a long time it took him you know a decade uh I think he turned pro in you know 10 or 11 and um I, th- I think it was 10 and uh yeah what a, what a uh just a, a perennial grinder he was and now he's uh had a a second place finish where where you got your win so he kind of broke out in the same spot and his win was i mean his second was almost a million bucks so i mean it just it's just the hard work um and just treating your body right and which is something you always did so it's just like being ready when it's it's time you know and it's time to be when your opportunity arises you know you can And step up and so just being in shape and being in a good mental space is just you know you might as well just be ready when it's when it's your turn I mean it's it's just just stay after all the times which is what you did and uh and then when it came your turn and and then you beat Abraham answering that playoff I was looking at that earlier that's kind of (laughs) that's that's quite a stat He's, he's done
0: yeah yeah he's done all right I told Abe after that I was like dude thank you I needed I needed that a lot more than you did Cause he, had, yeah. he already had his, he already had his card locked up or that second place, whether he finished first or second, that locked, yeah, his, he was good. He, that locked his fear card up. Yeah. I saw Tyson maybe last week or the week before and uh, out of Sawgrass and then I yelled over to him "I'm like, nice flying dude. That's sick. And he was like, man, anybody can play well. At Tyson Campe. So I was like, yeah, that was pretty <laughs> funny. I was like, yeah, but no, I, I talked to Tyson maybe. Maybe in September, right before the tour came uh, between Cornford Finals and TJ Tour, and, or maybe it was right before the the Finals. But I told him I was like, "Man, like the higher you can finish, the more terms you in the fall. The fall's huge. Like just really take the fall serious. Not that he wouldn't, not that he needed to hear that, but yeah. I was like, the better the better you play in the fall, you know, the rest of the year, you know, lines up for you getting into Bay Hill and Memorial, and you know." RBC at in Hillnet and Colonial all the invitationals and I mean he's going to be in the PJ Championship now most likely and uh, so yeah finishing second that, that kind of shut the door on that so yeah seeing a guy like Tyson unbelievable golf swing I mean if you looked at his golf swing you could, I mean you could compare it to Xander Shockley or you know guys like that so oh yeah yeah he's got a yeah he's got a uh, he's got a real it's it's amazing it'll it'll be fun to see what he does going forward whether he'll take this second place and build on it and you know get a win or make tour championship or you know the other way i, I would imagine he'll do some good things just he, he hits it so good his golf swing is incredible and and now the, when you give a guy like that he's obviously hungry because he's you know 34 years old maybe and yeah. um you give him a little confidence you gave him, give him a million dollars for a second place finish. That takes a lot of pressure. So now he's going into tournaments where he's like, my car's locked up already and we're not even into the, into the main year. And now he can go, you, know, you know, kind of free it and, and know that his status and everything is, is good. So it'll be cool to see what he can do this, this coming year and, and, uh, kind of snowball it. Hopefully. Yeah. And it's, uh, it just
1: certainly is a good time to be um where you guys are. I mean, with this kind of um you know, a battle with uh, the live and, and the PGA tour and the and the DP World tour. Um you, being in those big events, saying there's eight or twelve of them that are twenty million dollar purses. Um, I don't know how much you followed all that. And and I and I assume you'll get in uh you know, a handful of those. I mean, I I know you're major medical, fully exempt and all that stuff. Does that get you in, you know, Bay Hill and all, all that? Like, yeah. did I assume it is just from previous
0: year as well, right? Yeah. So I had a, I actually had a conference call today with my manager in the tour talking about the medical. So I learned a lot, a lot about the medical. So this coming year, since I finished, I think I was in the 70s, high 70s of the Feders Cup last year. I'm playing this coming year from from that in that category. So I'll be. Nice. If, I, if if my number, I should get in Memorial. I should get in, you know, I don't think I'm in Bay Hill. I'm not sure, but I'm definitely in uh, Riviera, Genesis. I'll be in um, Hilton Head. I'll be in Wells Fargo. So I'll be in the majority of those $20 million purchase, which is awesome. Um, but the the major medical will kick in the following season if I don't keep my card. So hopefully I play well when I come back. I finished top 125 at the end of November now. Um, because this year is going to be a super, you know, like, mm. you know, it's a, an entire year plus the fall because we're transitioning back to a January to August starting in 24. So if I play I'll well this bad. year, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy complicated transition year, but, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm in good shape for those events, but then again, coming off of, this, Back surgery. It's been it's been an interesting six months to so say the least. Um
1: because I know you've the only thing you've had really is a wrist, uh, that's been nagging. But uh, you know, now having like a major uh, invasive I know maybe not major, that might be an aggressive term, but <laughs> they had to cut India. Um and it looks like you're you're getting back to full speed and I know you're not at like that one thirty number that you've you know, become accustomed to, but, but, you know, I've been on social media, you're, you know, it looks like you're ripping after it and it's starting, you know, at least you can do your daily, daily grind. And, you uh, know you were talking on the phone the other day and you're saying you have really been, uh, you know, hitting the gym and doing everything you need to do. So is everything, everything feel good. You just got to get, get the, the mental side of it, you know, it tournament ready
0: again. Yeah. It's been, I feel great right now. It's, yeah, I had, I had back surgery. I had a micro in July. So basically they go in and I had a herniated disc. When he went in, I actually had, there's two herniations in the same disc. Um, so he cleaned out the disc, relieved the nerves. Basically what I had was extreme sciatica pain all down my leg. And, um, so he cleaned out the disc. I had a puncture in my during, which, which came from a, uh, epidural that I had basically a, steroid shot into my spine yeah. so they uh so he fixed all that and for about two months it was you know you walk out of surgery but you go into surgery and i could hardly lay on the table i was in so much pain um and then you come out of surgery an hour later completely out of pain um which is a crazy feeling uh and the, my low back area felt like there was a block of concrete in it for maybe a month, month and a half, two months. It was just crazy. All the, all the muscles kind of tense up and there's scar tissue and all that. So it's been, you know, I started doing rehab about three weeks after surgery and the rehab consisted of like pushing your heel into the, into the mattress and just activating your quads. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's wild how you progress from just like, it's like a minor victory you know, every week, just doing little things. And then all of a sudden, three or four months later, now I'm, you know, I can do pretty much anything in the gym. I'm not doing, I'm not picking off heavy weights off the floor, but I can do, you know, I'm doing a lot of like one-legged, you know, isolating glute hip. And um it's just, it's been, it's been anybody that has like, a, like a goal to meet, you know, you're just, every day you're doing something, and you keep seeing progress, and you keep seeing progress. That's what's been fun. When I first came back to hitting balls, it was like 50 yard pitches was all I could do and really smooth. And I, you know, I was terrified of re hurting my back. And then the next week I'd hit a hundred-yard shot. And the week after that I did a nine iron one thirty. And so it's been a wild three or four months of literally every day just doing, you know, everything I can, saunas, ice baths um stretching the you know finding trainers you can get my hip my hips got weak after the surgery and i you know i had some bursitis in my hip so that was it was it sucked having bursitis but it it was better than having nerve pain um yeah, sure so how long did you play through that i mean you played through it for a while yeah so i, I herniated the first time in 2020 during covid during the lockdown and it was a, it was a small blowout I guess, and uh, it was like an off and on. Some weeks it would bother me. Some weeks it wouldn't. Um, and it kind of went away for about a year. And then right before Sony opened 2022, I picked up my dog. Uh, Troy was, Troy's like 90, 90, pounds and I, I, I was trying to pick him up and carrying him up the stairs. The tips, he's got some arthritis in the hips. and I felt a pop and it was, I didn't think a whole lot of it at the time but the next night it was that was friday night saturday night i was packing to go to hawaii i was flying out sunday morning and i, I couldn't bend over and uh, to, to pack my suitcase and i was i was like i had no idea what to do i called my caddy and i'm like man i i can't bend over i'm in 10 out of the 10 pain so we ended up not playing sony i would do from sony and then i decided to play american express instead which i wasn't going to play um so i ended up you know i had a week of doing you know i went to saw my pt and everything and got on a a lot of the leaves and got on a steroid and i went to american express and it was super sketchy even the first round like every night i wasn't sure if i was gonna play the next morning and i ended up finishing i ended up finishing third uh and it was wild it was like it's like the whole the, the whole golfer wounded athlete like beware of him but i the only goal that week was just to play four rounds sh- you know shake off some rust from the off season but at the time i didn't know it was herniated i thought i might have pulled a muscle or something and i didn't know how serious it was so yeah i played five months uh basically five six months with you know a decent amount of pain in, at night and in the morning it, it tended to uh with naproxen which is the leaves um it tended to once I started warming up, it would it would you know loosen up and I'd be fine. And then the last I'd say starting at Memorial and U.S. Open, kind of that early June, it started twenty four hours a day it was kind of a ten out of ten pain. Um, so it got to the point where I just couldn't. I couldn't. I remember at John Deere my last event, I tried going to me and my wife Maya. we going to go to get some tie shade, and I couldn't. Move my foot from the gas to the brake in the parking lot at the hotel, and I, I was just like, I can't, I can't drive, I can't sit. It was like a knife going in your back. So, luckily, I had a really, good, I had a really good surgeon in Orlando, Doctor Masson, and and he was he was great. We talked a lot, and he was just, when he started hearing those symptoms where it was every day, it wasn't loosening up, ten out of ten pain. I couldn't sit and lay down everything hurt he was like we need to get you in we need to do it you know next monday so it was like five days before he was like you know let's get the insurance figured out and we are going to get you in case he was he was completely against doing surgery he wanted me which is funny for a surgeon to say but mm-hmm. he's an athlete he's a, he's an athlete himself and he wanted me not to do it he wanted to be able to you know let the body absorb it but it just didn't happen and and uh, he said when he went in there he said that the nerve was Completely pinned against the vertebrae and, and that it, it wouldn't have gotten better. So, if I had waited a couple of months, there could have been permanent nerve damage. Jonas Blix told me that he still has nerve pain from his. He had the same surgery. Tiger, Tiger had three microdiscectomies. Um, and I've heard that Tiger came back too early, started doing the, you know, you know, obviously Tiger's a freak athlete and. And um but he came back a little bit too early and had to have another one and the the last one Tiger had was a fusion, which um is where they basically fuse together your your vertebrae and and that's that's pretty serious. So I got lucky that I had a good surgeon that got me in and cleaned it up. So hopefully going forward, um, you know, I hope I should be good. I'm doing everything I can, strengthening the core and everything to kind of control that or kind of hold that spine in place. But as you know, the golf swing's not very kind of the low back. There's a lot of torque on it. So yeah. Yeah. Especially,
1: uh, your, uh, your, rear man swing that you've got, um, says, so though a fusion isn't really in the, as long as you don't come back too soon, a fusion doesn't
0: look, uh, likely. Uh, it could down the road. I mean, if it, if it herniates again, that same, disc, then that's a possibility. But if I if I take care of myself, and I think there's like an eighty five percent chance that you won't have to have another surgery from it. So you know, you just got to be careful. Not you know, you hear the joke where people where people are like use your use your legs when you pick things off the ground. Don't just bend over and and pull. Them. Well, that's how I did it. So anytime I need to pick something off the ground or you know do anything like that, I'm pretty pretty darn careful. So it's uh a lot of people. I never knew what back pain was like. I never knew what, I mean, you always hear people say, I threw my back out or I'm having sciatic pain. It's the most miserable thing on planet earth. And I I bet half of your listeners that listen to this are going to be able to relate to that because when you're in pain, when, when you're in nerve pain, it's like a root canal, but all down your leg. It's just, it's miserable. So once I got out of, but the hard part was not knowing it wasn't, not knowing whether I should keep playing and try and get through the to compliance, do surgery, do rehab. So once the surgery happened and the surgeon was like, thank God we did it. That was the right decision. Then my mind just shifted the right, rehab. And, you know, I started getting back that. I'm excited to go to bed so I can wake up and work out and go practice. So it's, it's cool to have that drive. I feel like a, a little bit like a kid again. And the fact that when, when something's taken away from you and you're you're not sure when you're gonna be able to do it again, uh I think the love of the game and the grind and the practice um is, is back. So hopefully that stays because as you know, you played on tour three, four, five years and you know every week week in, week out, the game beats you up. So it's cool to get that kind of that drive, that kid feeling of just wanting to get to the range and work on um, you know, work on what you're trying to work on your sling hit shots. And, and, uh, when you're, when you're injured, all you want to do is practice and play. You want to get back to what you, what you know and what you love. And, and then for that to be taken away and, and be able to work your way back to, I'm not quite back to where I was before, but I'm pretty darn close. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to keep like this week, for instance, I started swinging as fast as I possibly can which was like 116 miles an hour with my driver and in the past I could get to 125 swinging all out so I'm like I feel like I'm swinging 125 but then track man tells me I'm 9 miles or 9 miles an hour off so um, yeah. but it is I'll your, it's your
1: first week of bro, of rippers
0: yeah I'm just really going at it full blow but I'm but no pain no pain down the leg no pain in the low back so that's like Christmas morning feeling just being able to swing free and not be worried about um shooting pain going down your leg and wanting to cry like a four year old. Yeah. Well that that, that third place that uh, um
1: in the desert, that probably emboldened you a little bit and you thought, Man, I might be able to play through this and then that's why you ended <laughs> up playing through and ended up playing through June and but, but yeah, that's, uh, I knew you had some good finishes there when it was starting to, starting to mess with you. Um, so that's, there's a good thing you pulled the, the plug when you did. Sounds like, that not much of a choice, but, uh, <sighs> you know, but yeah, that, that, that's awesome that you, you got it, you know, feeling good again. And, you know, now you got the, the desire back. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you worked so freaking hard for, I assume in college, you worked your, your ass off and as a kid. Um, but watching you grind from, 2010 when I met you through 2013, 14, and when you know we lived together for a period of time and everything. And I mean, I've just never seen anybody work so hard. And like all my other friends, nobody really worked very hard. And and you you just put in the freaking hours like it was. You, which is what you're supposed to. And um, so yeah, it was uh, that that's cool that 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 feeling's back. I mean, did it ever? other than the pain keeping you from doing it did did that uh grind ever go away because i know you worked hard with you became friends of Vijay singh and he's a, he's one of the uh the um you know grinders of our of our era that we got to watch you know his, his uh crazy workouts on the beach and everything and um sort of a medicine balls around um i mean did that grind did you try to just fight through it and do all those workouts, even when the the, um, the shooting pains were
0: were going down? Where you just just take them in a proxy? Yeah, yeah it, it got to a point where I felt like all my off weeks it, it turned into just PT and rehab, and that's yeah. what was frustrating me when you're when you're constantly in pain. I mean, the, the good part was once I once I was on the proxen, which is, is is over a counter. It, prescription to leave basically. So it's not like a heavy duty. But I was on it every day for seven months. And, you know, I kept getting my liver and kidneys checked and and am um, like my PT was like, you know, you're you're fine to take it. You know, even six months you're gonna be okay as long as your those levels are good. But it's like all that's doing is putting a band-aid on it. It's just masking. Yeah. Like it's it's not really helping anything. So you know, so off weeks I would try, you know, not take it for a week. But then I couldn't practice because my back hurt so much, and I couldn't sit down at dinner. We couldn't get it. we. I mean, me and my wife when we were on the road, we didn't. We just ordered in. I had to eat, eat dinner in bed or eat dinner standing up, and it just got to the point where it was, you know, I was playing fine because I could take the naproxen and, and be good for the day. But then I knew as soon as I started relaxing, as soon as I laid down after a round, if I tried standing up, it was it was back. And then mornings were the worst. Um, you know, waking up, I remember mornings where it'd be like, I'd wake up at five because I couldn't go back to sleep because of the pain. And I, I couldn't sit down until probably eight or nine, um, until the naproxen kicked in and, and it started loosening up. So it was like, I, I would just do laps around my kitchen and, and walk the dog and stuff like that on off weeks. But just, so that was pretty miserable. Uh, when you, and, and it affected my swing a lot. Um, it, it affected putting, it affected everything. Cause when you, you, when you can't work out, I, I couldn't work out because I was in too much pain and I didn't want to make it worse. So then I started losing muscle and my golf swing started getting off track. And so it was just kind of a snowball effect where the injury just started. Day to day life was, was shitty. And then, yeah. you know, my only focus every week was trying to get my back to where it was good enough to play that week. And eventually you can't live like that. Um. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't. When you, that's not the Lonto way. No. So now it's, you know, I, I feel, I feel awesome now. And, and I think I'm, I think I'm stuck in the gym the rest of my career, you know, keep, keeping my core, my keeping my core strong. So I'm kind of, I've never, I've always liked working out, but I've never wanted to do it during tournaments. So I would, I would stretch and do rehab and stuff like that. But now I'm, I'm going to have to, do one-legged squats and do Bulgarian split squats and the things that you don't necessarily want to do during the tournament week. So as I'm getting older, I'm going to have to focus a little bit more time on the gym and my body than pounding eight hours a day on the range like I used to. So it'll just be a little bit of a pivot, but I have an ex- I have experience. I know I know how to get around the golf course now, and so hopefully I can use that to beat some of these old limber backs coming off so the. Coming yeah, out of college and the, the, the talent. Flat, the flat bellies. <laughs> the, the, the flat bellies that don't have no pain. Yeah, it was yeah. I mean it's it's unbelievable it was- the talent that's coming off coming out of college and and off the quarantary tour. It's 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 intimidating. But um I guess being a senior now, you can have a you can kind of use your mind as a little bit of a tool over which I never had earlier in my career. So I'm just gonna have to pivot. And one thing I've always been good at is kind of persevering and finding a way to get it done, so um you know I'm a little scared of you know coming back halfway through a season and having to you know anytime you take six months off of doing something you you don't know what to expect, so I'm gonna keep my expectations reasonable in the beginning, but I'm also going to come back knowing that I've put in the work these last couple of months and and um and that's that's really all I want to do is get back and get in contention, get make some cuts, have some good finishes and just build build some confidence stack and then just you know, one thing I've I've noticed is some guys that have back surgery or that are out for a while, they don't tend to come back and play very well. You know. It's yeah. you know, it's just it's mighty coming back
1: too soon thing.
0: Well, coming back too soon or even coming back too late, you know, some guys take too much time off and then your mind's completely out of the out of the game. You take a year, year and a half off and you're 35 years old, it's like, you know, it, it's going to take a while for you to get back into the swing of things. And then by the time you get back in the swing of things, your medical might be over with and all of a sudden you don't have a job. So I'm trying to get, get my mind fired up and get ready to, when I do come back, I'm going to come back ready and, you know, kind of try and pick up where I left off. That's the goal. So, um it's all I want to do though. I mean, before, before the end period there was, you know, it was kind of like cruise control, you know, you go play and, and not cruise control, but it was like, you do the same thing year in, year out, you know, you have some good term. It's, now that I had, I had six months off, I've missed the hell out of the PJ tour. I've missed competing. And now I know that when I come back, I don't want this to be a one year and then I lose my card. I'm, I'm coming back with, I want to do this for another five, 10 years. And, and I'm going to do everything humanly possible to to make that happen, so at least that's what I'm telling myself at night well <laughs>
1: if, if there's anybody that can do it, and if anybody's got the drive and the you know the the willpower it's definitely you, you do so um yeah that that was something that like me and Renner and Welchie and um, you know my group of friends i mean lu Andrew Luke put in a lot. Work, um, but yeah, I think he put in maybe too much. Um, but you, you've always found a good happy medium, yeah. and then, uh, and then when you caddied for me a little bit on the tour, your, your mental game went to another level, and then you just took off from there. But, but yeah, it's um pretty, pretty, uh, pretty exciting stuff. So I mean, that, not, no Sony, um, m- m- was what you had mentioned the other day. So
0: that, do you have a target date to come back
1: yeah. yet, or you just feel it out?
0: I'm gonna. I'm going to play Exuma where you hit the greatest tee shot of all time. Remember on 16 when you hit it in the water in the, in the ocean it hits a rock and bounces like 30 yards right over the uh, over all the rocks back in the fairway and then you made the cut and, yeah. and it, it ended up playing beside, great on the weekend.
1: himself threw that ball out of the ocean.
0: That was the greatest break of all time. Um, Indeed. I wasn't there, but I remember, I remember you telling me about it. So I'm going to play Zima Corn It's like a, they call it a rehab start. And if I, if I play well there and I, I feel like I'm ready, I'm going to go play Tory. If I don't feel like I'm ready, then I'll play Abaco, um, on the Corn Ferry tour the following week in the Bahamas. If I feel like I'm ready after that, I'm going to go play Pebble Beach, um, which is one of my favorite tournaments. Um, so it's, it's up in the air. Hopefully mid to late January, I'll be back on tour. Um, I found out today that if I go play a tour event and I don't feel like I'm ready, uh, you know, if I play one tour event and I can go back and do more rehab starts on the Cornberry tour and not be penalized. So I'm going to play by ear and uh, I'm going to play some moonlight tour events in Orlando. And uh, in, in two weeks, I'm going to TPI, uh, which is. Titleist Performance Institute on Monday. They're going to do a full body body exam, see where like put all the sensors on your body and see, try and figure out if there's something in my swing that's going to that's causing my back. Um, the cause, I don't think there is but, um, so I got some good stuff coming up the next couple weeks and I'm going to play as many little one day mini tour events as I can to just get those juices flowing. I played a charity event on Monday, um, here locally in Jacksonville and the first hole I had like a 60 yard pitch over a bunker to a tight 10 and I hit the old like kind of scoop under block to the right in the bunker and I was like yeah cool. that's uh that's it's it, it golf's a lot different when you have one shot and one chance at it I mean, you can't throw another ball down and and it actually mean something so I'm gonna go back to the roots and go play some moonlight some mini tour events and and see where my game's at. And if it's good, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to get back as soon as I can, but I can't risk going back too early and, and not being ready and missing the first seven touches, and then, you know, being like, why did I come back, you know, this early? So, yeah, uh, you know I mean, then you're in I'm panic. Gonna, but you got yeah. five, potentially, going
1: very like, uh, rehab starts if you want them, right?
0: Yeah, I got, I got five. The tough part, beginning of the year, they they don't play a ton in the beginning of the year. They got, two in yeah, the Bahamas in January. Break, yeah. Yeah, then they have a big break. So that's a little bit unfortunate. Um, but it's all good. I mean, I got, I'm going to be smart and patient where as soon as I feel like I'm ready, I'm going to go play. And if, if I get out there and I'm like mentally or physically or whatever it is, if I'm not ready, I'll go, you know, I'll take a month off and go play some corn story events. And, um, so I'm just going to take it day by day, but, um, knowing that I'm doing everything I can for my body in the gym stretching. And I'm probably spending two to three hours a day working out or stretching. And that's been helping a ton. Um, I feel Go like ahead. I'm in better shape now than I, than I was before surgery. So, um, or before the injury even. So that's exciting. I mean, I, I feel like working hard gives you confidence because it's like, if you put in the hard work and you, you're grinding and you're doing everything you can, then. It feels like you deserve it. You go to a tournament, and you feel like, all right, I've I've done the work. I feel like I deserve to play well. Whereas if you don't, you just show up and you're like, well, what? Why should I play well? I haven't, you know, I haven't been doing what I need to do. So, um,
1: yep. well, yeah, yeah. So I'm, play, I'm, I'm confident, you can show up to an event, and look around, and everybody and everybody, and say, I know I've worked as harder, harder than each and one, every one of these dudes. Then yeah, the odds of playing good are much higher.
0: Doesn't mean you're going to play well, but at least going in mentally, you have a little bit of a like. It gives yourself confidence knowing that you're, you know, you're doing the right things, basically. So, absolutely. But it's well, fun. It's fun. It's, it's actually fun, though. It's you know, when when something's taken away, like I said earlier, being able to when you're injured and all you want to do is go play and you can't. When you when finally you're able to, it's actually fun to go out. You know, work your ass off. Um, so I've, I've been, I've been enjoying the early mornings and being out on the range all day cause I'm not in pain and I haven't felt that in a while. So it's been a mentally, I've been in a really good spot just because I'm able to do what I love and able to do what I want to do. Yeah. And he'd
1: reached the tippy top and he played so good for such a long time there. And, uh, and so you've got, you've got a lot of starts under your belt coming up. So, you know, it's not, there's, there's no pressure other than. You know, just kind of figuring out where you're at. But, but at least, uh, you know, it sounds like you're doing everything right and you don't have to, you know, there's no pressure. It's not like he has 13 starts to make a certain amount or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you're, and, you're, and, you're,
0: and the, the players, the players on tour aren't, aren't even that good. So, I mean, it shouldn't be that hard coming off the exactly. series. Exactly. Yeah, they're trash. Yeah. To just, <laughs> yeah. Or, no, it's, it, it's, it's unbelievable. the
1: you know, live is suck away a lot of those, you know. The, 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 you know, I mean, DJ and, and Brooks and the uh, camps and everything. It's, it's, it's going to be a little different landscape
0: when you get back out there, which is kind of odd. It's going to feel, yeah. And just to be clear, what I just said was sarcasm. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. But the, yeah, the, the libs taking a lot of the top names and, and stuff like that. But I'm telling you, the guys coming off the Corn Ferry tour, they're going to, as soon as they win a tour event, as soon as they win a major, they're going to be the next Brooks Kepka. They're going to be the next DJ. I mean, they're big shoes to fill. You know, losing some of the guys like Cam Smith is obviously, you know, terrible. But you know, in a couple of years, there's going to golf so deep that they're going to the shoes are going to be filled. If I'd be interested to look at the end of the year, you know, scoring average, final, you know, winning scores of every tour event. I doubt it's going to be that much different than it was with all those guys in the field. Um, yeah nothing them.
1: just a matter of consistency but all that all that'll come no you're right i mean it's yeah it's, no, it's, it'll it's not it'll like golf
0: it's not like the pj tour is going to be easier now it, it may be half of 1% um but those guys that are coming up are are pretty damn good too and and not taking anything away from the guys on live cam dj obviously top play, top 5 players in the world if not better right now um, it's just a weird landscape. I mean, I, I don't know what to expect coming back. Um, I don't blame any of them, any of the guys that went to live, um, for taking the offers. It's, just, you know, it's life changing money. Um, but it, it's, it's unfortunate what's happening in the golf because it's, it's it, it kind of feels like our political system where it's just kind of everybody's divided where I don't think the people that are watching golf on TV or coming out to tournaments really care what players are making they don't care if we're making a million to win a tournament or five million or you know 30 million they want to see the best players in the world do crazy things with like basically do things that they can't do so it's frustrating seeing all the it's frustrating seeing all the media everything's focused on money right now like i I don't think people really care if the players championship is 10 million or 25 or if, if bay hills 20 million or 10 million like it's not like the fans are going to make money off that. So it's, I don't know that, that part kind of bothers me. Um, but, but hopefully down the road, both tours can somehow come to an agreement and the best players are playing in at least the majors or the best players are all playing in eight or 10 tournaments and, and some kind of resolution can be met because, um, I think that's the, the best thing for the, the fan base, which obviously without, fans watching and supporting and coming out to tournaments, there isn't a PGA Tour, there isn't a live. So, hopefully there there can be some kind of resolution in the next five years or so to kind of put this to bed. Yeah, I mean, I think
1: there's there's certainly playing in the British. I, I believe I read that and um, so the majors are, are going to look pretty similar, but yeah, whatever. I mean, uh, I you know, the, the guys that moved on, uh, the, some of the younger players, it's kind of, it's a weird decision, but um, but the guys that are in their mid late thirties, like I got, well, I get it. I I guess I they earned it. Whatever. I mean, when the personalities are, you know, they're they've got trillions in the bank. So when they're, th- they're throwing that money at you, I mean, whatever. It's it's all personal decisions. But you know, yeah. it, it's definitely the tour is where the glory yeah. is, and that that's where that's that, that's where I think uh, you know, and that that's what Rory and and then the guys um uh, that are that are. Uh, uh, did and everybody that uh, that hung around and not taking the big money? That's they're, they're saying that you know th- th- this is what matters. That live stuff
0: doesn't matter. They're trying. That's all just a just a big yeah. show. It's, it's just you Yeah, you don't build a you don't build a legacy by by winning the live Portland event or the live Wounded event. Um, no, you don't grow up dreaming of winning the live Tour Championship team event, which. I I think the format's kind of cool. It's it's fresh. It's something new. But you know, there's something about having to grind out, making a cut, and you know, you remembered. I remember you finished six at the Waste Management Phoenix Open one year, and you know, you backdoored. I think you shot 65 or 66 on Sunday and finished Mm -hmm. six. Like that. That had to have felt pretty damn good. Where you show up, that was one of the best feeling ever. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The feeling of making the cut and then finishing top five or winning or something like that. Now that it's also a pretty good feeling showing up to a tournament knowing that you're gonna make hundred and twenty thousand for showing up minimum and you have a chance to win four million. So I'm not sitting here trying to judge any of those players for going. You know, they're gonna hopefully they'll buy us a beer, buy us dinner or something, or give us a loan if we need it, but it's I don't know. Is is another thirty million gonna make you, you know, happy in life? I don't know. Some, some people, some people, some people that will, but there's been a few of the guys that went some of the younger guys that that's been, you know, it's a pretty big gamble because if this doesn't work out and the tour wins the lawsuits, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. Then they could backfire big time, but I don't know. It's, it's tough. I, I I did an interview a couple months ago, local newspaper and they asked me about it and I was like, I was almost, I was almost relieved that they didn't, that I didn't get an offer from LIV because it would have been a really hard decision turning down 10, 15 million guaranteed, you yeah. know, from a, from a financial standpoint, but I don't think it would have made me happy, but it would have been really, really hard to say no to that. Um, yeah. because yeah. the PJ tours, the pre the PJ tour is pretty damn special. It's an honor to play out there and, and especially the tournaments you grew up watching. So, I'm kind of glad I didn't have to make that decision, but if I had to make that decision, I'm I'm not even going to sit here and act like I wouldn't have strongly considered it. Um, so, yeah, I don't yeah. want to be a hypocrite. and, and no, judge That those was guys one guys thing I, was, a-
1: I wasn't going to ask, but I was if you were going to offer it up, I was going to be like, did you get an offer? Because <laughs> um, I know you're,
0: you know, you're probably on the rest. You're definitely on the radar. So, um, well, I, t- yeah. I know I I, t- I talked to him about, I mean, before the tour came out their stance, I talked to them about um, you know because back in you know back in March and February and stuff like that, it, it felt like it was one of those things where you could go play one of that and still play on the PJ Tour. It's completely different now, um, but no, I didn't. I didn't get an offer. I think if I had the year I had in twenty nineteen twenty twenty, I think I would have gotten an offer. Um, but who knows? I mean, I'm I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty confident. I'm, I'm pretty. Um, what's a good word to say? I'm, I don't know. I know I'm not the top. I, I know I'm not a, a big draw for tournament. I'm 34 years old and I got on tour when I was 30. I'm not 22 and, you know, you know, that type yeah. of player. So I know and I'm not the biggest draw. Yeah, I, I never. Yeah, exactly. I never expected that. Like your boy, Ben Carr. Um, oh, but yeah. That was, Shit, we should, we should talk about that more than live, but yeah. So I never expected it, but, um, you'd be crazy not to at least look into it, which I did, but I'm, yeah. I'm super, I'm, I'm super happy with the PJ tour and, and, uh, hopefully I just hope that we can kind of come to an agreement in both tours and there be some kind of resolution and this whole drama kind of goes away because fans don't like it reading the comments on instagram and twitter and stuff the yeah, war between and it and it, it just doesn't feel it doesn't feel right um i guess it has a weird it has a weird feel. so hopefully we can come to an you know some kind of resolution and down the road and and everybody gets along and holds hands and you know all that good stuff saying kumbaya um well, yeah, well um well that, that's that's uh Uh,
1: that's that's very uh noble of you and um i'm I'm gonna do a quick live read shout out to one of my sponsors real quick and then we're gonna change gears into you know go a little chronological just talk for another little 20 30 minutes or whatever about uh your you come up and um you know what it took to get to where you are now so i'm just gonna do a a quick ad read if i don't uh if if you don't mind Today's episode of Tear Time is brought to you by Jalen Elson. He is a certified financial planner and chief chief investment officer at 4P Wealth Trust, a member of Advisory Services Network. If you're like many investors, you've been nervously watching the stock markets and wondering what will happen next. Why not ease some of that anxiety? Request a second opinion with a skilled advisor who, acting as a fiduciary, can review your investments and answer any of your questions. Four P Wealth Trust offers in-person meetings for Georgia and Alabama, and virtual appointments for those who reside out of state. Call four seven zero four seven four four seven nine eight or visit 4PWT.com forward slash booking. Four P 4P Wealth Trust, your future is today. So thanks to those dues, for supporting your down with us. All right, yeah. So like when you you obviously you're born in you're born in uh, California and you moved to the to- Blacksburg and uh grinded and um you got a membership uh, around 13. Uh, Your father passed when you were young um suddenly which is very sad and and you got you got a you got a um didn't you get a a lifetime membership at one of your local clubs that allowed you to really kind of cultivate talent that you you know have
0: you you seeing today? Yeah no Steve Steve Sprader um He's a head pro at Blacksburg Country Club where I grew up. And my dad took me to do some junior clinics with him kind of right when he got diagnosed with brain cancer. So, uh, that was kind of like our last little thing together was him getting me into golf. So he, uh, he brought, yeah, he brought me down. I met Steve and, and, um, and then the day that he passed away, Steve actually offered me a full scholarship. As you would say to Blackstreet Country Club, so I was able to, you know, basically have a full membership. Which, for a kid that grew up with not a whole lot of money, playing at the local muni, you know, Blackster Country Club was like, you know, Augusta National to me. It was it was unbelievable. You know, oh, the yeah. greens rolled like the greens rolled like a seven or eight, but it was a hell of a lot better than a four or five at the local muni. So um that was kind of that was kind of when when I got that phone call. It literally was. Maybe twelve hours after my dad passed away, and obviously your whole world's just completely shattered. So for Steve to call, I know I'll never forget that phone call. It was just, you know, it's giving a kid hope, giving a kid an opportunity, giving a kid, you know, some kind of, you know, avenue to just put all your energy into, and and that's why I actually started a foundation for that same reason because when you have hope and when you have an opportunity and you get excited about something, you can just focus your energy and your time on it. When, when you're kind of lost and you don't know what to do and you're sad or whatever, you just feel, I don't know, it feels shitty. So Steve gave that to me and to this day, he's never, you know, charged me for a lesson. Fortunately, a couple of years ago, I put him on, on a percentage of my earnings as a thank you for everything he did. But you know, I, I, I literally, for 17 years, he never charged me a dime to be a member to for lessons or anything like that. And, and um, yeah, so Steve, Steve Prater deserves, you know, all the, all the glory for where I'm at. And and when I got to Augusta, I played in two masters. He was there at both of them and, you know, walking inside the ropes and actually, he's not allowed to walk inside the ropes with me. He still did a little bit, but, yeah, um, just, just be, yeah, just be married. It's not like, you know, he didn't, he didn't do that for me thinking that someday it would pay off for him he did it you know because he wanted to help help a kid in need so he taught me um he taught me that and that's that's been pretty valuable um something i think about all the time so it's 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 crazy it's crazy to sit back and think about how it all started but um yeah steve steve prater special guy yeah, I I recently lost a close family
1: member to a uh, brain cancer, and it's just one of the most, uh, yeah, it's just one of the saddest things that uh, a family can go through. And um, you know, I know Papa's Pop proud. He he was a he was a big man, right? I mean, mean he was uh, you you and you took on took after your dad a lot. He was a big athletic dude, right?
0: Yeah, he was probably six one, something like that. And the the weird thing is, like when. He passed away when I was 11 and, or maybe when I was 12. And, uh, it's like, you never really got to have an adult relationship with him. You know, you're still a kid. And so, you know, a lot of times you sit back and think about what it, what it'd be like to have a beer and sit there and just have a conversation. Oh yeah. You know, that, that, that part's frustrating. Yeah,
1: I know. And i mean. yeah, I, uh, my, my uncle, uh, passed away a few weeks ago to brain cancer. And, uh, I used, uh, he got to come to some tour events and, and watch me. And then I know, uh, you know, my, my grandfather also died when I was younger. And I think about that a lot too. Like, you know, have you know, whatever beer, toast, glass of wine, whatever to, to the, you'd have it seeing all the fruits of your, your label, your labors, uh, you know, come fresh and and everything uh you know really really working out beautifully for you so i mean he's uh he's proud. so that's awesome and 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 that it steve deserves the biggest shout out ever that's really cool i didn't know about the um i didn't know about the percentage thing that was an obviously nice thing that you've done and i know you've uh taken care of mama a lot too yeah for a nice Subaru a few years back
0: didn't you didn't you give, her, give her her a dream car yeah no she, she's she's a subaru fan her whole life and i mean as you get older you think about when my dad passed away my mom you know she was she had four kids and had to go back teaching uh third grade and trying to support four kids i mean i couldn't imagine i mean it's hard to imagine having one or two kids with a lot of money um obviously you just figure it out you do it but having four kids with you know your husband just passing away and and trying to be strong enough for them and and hang in there and and then go back to work and and try and make enough money you know that it's just it's hard to fathom what that year was like for her but of course she pulled she pulled it off and a ton of people in, in Blacksburg Virginia that that whole area kind of supported her and supported us and it was a whole community raising a child and and um no, that that's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's cool to think back and and look at it that I I made something of myself and my sister's done really well and and um, but yeah, it, it's it's uh, cancer and all that's just it's crazy, man. It's it's hard to fathom some days and it, it's heartbreaking to see other families go through it. But the good thing is people persevere and they they find a way to you know get through those dark times and then just figure it out. I mean that's really all you can do is, is take what life gives you and, and try and figure out how to, to uh, you know move on and and then not obviously not forget but the the cool thing is golf if, if my dad never got sick and he never passed away, I, I don't think I ever would have played golf you know because when he passed when when he got sick, he coached soccer, he coached baseball, he coached basketball you know, it got to the point where one, we couldn't afford to do those things anymore, but you know, he couldn't coach, he couldn't travel with me, anything like that. And we had, I had three brothers and sisters in the house. So it was like, I don't think they really told me at the time, but they were like, yeah, you can't really go play travel soccer or travel baseball right now. But there was a municipal golf course right next to our house. And I got to walk there and play. So when I started really taking a liking to golf, my dad, you know, got me down to get a lesson or actually a clinic. It was like 10 bucks to do a clinic at the time. So that's kind of when I really got into golf. Um, and if Steve had never given me, um, kind of that free reign down the club, I never would have been where I am today. So it was kind of my dad getting sick, getting me into golf and then finding just that needle and haystack coach, Steve Frater, you know, to open up and basically teaching her for free. So it was just, it was like that perfect whirlwind that. You know, you turned a tragedy into, you know, something that I did the rest of my life. It's, it's I, I, I think a lot about what would I be doing right now if my dad never got sick or Steve never was there to give me a scholarship. I, I don't know what I'd be doing, but it probably wouldn't be lost. So, um, yeah, there's it's a, amazing. there's a little. Your dad
1: was the one that who really introduced you to it. That's, that's that's cool. I mean, you know, we talked about a lot of stuff, but we didn't talk about that specifically.
0: No, I don't, don't talk about that a whole lot, but you know, on the tour podcast, you got to kind of throw out the truth,
1: right? Yeah, dude, that's, that's, uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's an amazing, an amazing tidbit. So I appreciate you sharing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so you, uh, You, you, you had that green opportunity, um, through tragedy and, you know, turned that into a scholarship to play at VCU and, uh, you know, teammates with, uh, Rafa Campos who's just a a total wedge and, um, you know, everything went good there for you, you you know, it was, uh, I guess a, a little bit up and down, but I mean, you had a lot of, you played some great golf and, and then, uh, uh, and then turned pro right after school and then I, I played with you in one of your first events down in Orlando,
0: and um, and... the first, the first, that very
1: first first. event.
0: Yeah, first first pro round. I replied was with you at Harmony Golf Club, south of Orlando. Yeah, that was it. I made nine hundred and seventy-five dollars. Yeah, and you hit it three forty down the middle, and I was just kind of like,
1: "What the hell." Um, and, and, and yeah, I remember he had a, you had a, uh, it was all cover over water. He had a five iron, like two thirty five maybe there was a Scotia help. Um, um probably, probably maybe there was a, uh, but, but either, either way, I just remember seeing some shots and I was like, okay, um, this guy's one of the best players, uh, without status. And, um, and then, then a couple of years there didn't really happen uh, for you. I mean, it, for how hard you were working and, um, and then it, it just didn't really, uh, didn't work out just mentally just didn't quite get the you know the well you didn't get that that one nice break um you got i know you got the exemption into the Greenbrier and um and uh old stew your your best man uh one of the greatest dudes ever um he's uh stew has been more uh one of the best uh influences in your life and uh I, I love those folks. They've been nothing but good to you and, and good to me as well. So um I wish I could have could have come to that wedding to see everybody. Um but anyways I would have been a, I know the wedding was a, a good time last September or this September. And um but yeah I so in in two thousand and um when, when did you play the Green Browser? What was that? 14 or no no
0: yeah, twelve twelve two thousand two thousand eleven. Yeah, it was the first. It's a shame that uh, I've done No, that was a... Um, I was a deer in the headlights. I actually played with Kevin Kisner the first two days that week. And uh, he was... I think you would agree that he was really bad at golf then, too. Uh, he was a rookie on tour. But it's funny to to see. I think he missed a cut by 10 that week. And um, whatever he did the year that, that fall or the next year, he turned into like a top 20 player in the world within two or three years. Um, But I remember playing with him and him just being like, who the hell is this kid with 30 annoying fans in West Virginia yelling, you know, basically I'd make it 20 footer for par. I was seven shots off the cut line and my entire crowd would just go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while, every once in a while we talk about that. And he makes fun of me for that. But uh, no, it's weird to think back that that was 11 years ago now. Uh
1: that is that is freaking flooring. kiz's game is wild. Have, have you, you still play some brag
0: trails with kids? Uh we played we played Pebble. But we've gotten paired several times um in the last couple of years, but he's just a legend. I played with him in Sony Open. I remember walking up the first hole and even in even in Hawaii where there's not a ton of fans or people yelling out kids. Hey kids, go go Georgia, go Bulldogs! And go he looked devs. at me, and he was, he was he looked at me, and he was just like, "Man, I just I just don't say anything to anybody." <laughs> and I was like, I was like, "Damn!" I was like, when people talk to me, it doesn't happen very often. When I'm on the course inside of the ropes, I have a hard time not acknowledging them because I'm like, just flabbergasted that anybody even knows my name. But um, that's why everybody loves kids. He's just he's just a just a good old boy with a dry sense of humor. That's that's incredible. So, yeah, yeah. he's he's one of my favorite guys out. He's one of my favorite guys out on tour.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's uh he's he's the best. I played with him a ton when he wasn't playing great. I played with him in Sony one year and he missed the cut by a handful. And then um and then in round around sixteen seventeen, uh he, he just went nuts and you know turned into a top twenty player. Um, speaking I guess speaking of uh.
0: Real quick, speaking of Sony Open, remember when you you had you, you took the fall off for undisclosed reasons, and then you came out the first term you played in three or four months as a rookie on tour, and you were in the final group in Hawaii on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were living together at
1: the time. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on, and I went down there playing bad too. That's what was weird. Yeah,
0: that's I what that's the mindset. That's the mindset I'm going to go. I'm going to go with. I'm going to try and be Willie Wilcox coming back. After a long break and just be in the final group at Tory Pines on Sunday. And uh, I remember you finished 10th. I think you shot one over on Sunday in at Sony. Yeah. Well, was but you made
1: way tied for eight. So yes, basically be unbelievable. Know? I mean, but that
0: for, for that to be your rookie year on the PJ tour and having three or four months off before, uh, that was, that was insane that you could come out first tournament and just, you know, do what you did.
1: Yeah, oh, that was crazy. I got paired with his kids the first two rounds, Pat Rez third round, and then um a couple of dogs on uh, Sunday. Chris uh, Kirk, right? Yeah, Chris Kirk and um and, and um and Harry Harris English. Um, so, so yeah, it was uh it was that was I was, was definitely a deer in headlights there as well, decent. but yeah, decent De- golfers decent decent flushers. Um, yeah, yeah. What's his, um, Harris English man? I mean, not taking anything away from Chris Kirk, but Harris English. I mean, he's just such a freaking beast. Like, I mean, I assume y'all y'all are about the same size. Maybe he's a little little thicker, but like height wise, I mean, he could be. He looks like he could be playing, you know, wide receiver for you know the Falcons or something. I mean, he's a freaking animal. The problem,
0: yeah, the problem is if either one of us played wide receiver, we would be out after one play because we couldn't take a hurt for sure. But no, yeah, Harris. That yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Golfers, uh, golfers need to stay in their lane. But no, Harris, Harris English might be the best ball striker I've ever played with. I played with him at QBE. I played with it was me and I, my partner was Mackenzie Hughes, and when it was Matt Couture and Harris English. They shot sixty-one modified alternate shot, and Harris English did not miss a shot. When I say bit, he didn't miss a shot, he didn't miss the middle of the fairway or Inside ten feet, every iron shot he hit, every driver he hit was dead straight. They shot sixty-one alternate shot, and I think they beat the field by five that day. But it yeah. was an absolute, it was an absolute clinic, and I, I just I felt like taking a nap and crying after watching that because it was like there's no way you can ball strike better than Harris did that day, um and then on top of that, Kucher was making every every putt, but you know Harris hit her Harris would hit it inside ten feet, and, Her- and then Kutcher would make it. Um, it was it was insane, but yeah, it's it's fun seeing it's fun watching guys like that when they're at their best, because um, it kind of just makes you feel like I'm not sure how I'm here playing with them, but I'm I'm not going to argue about it because I don't think you, I could do that. You, you did something right
1: um, to yeah. be in this area. Well, um. Yeah, I forgot you played in that QB. What, is that is that in Naples or Orlando? Where's that? Yeah,
0: it's that? going on. It's going on right now in, at Naples at Tiburon, which yeah. you'll have the the tightest the tightest grainiest lies, and some of the tightest tee shots. It's a it's a sweet golf course and a really fun fun format. But any time you play alternate shot, luckily it's modified, so both both players hit a tee shot, and then whoever's tee shot you take, the other person. You know, then you play alternate shot the rest of the way in. But, but I think the first the first day of alternate sh- or the second round was alternate shot, and I snap hook one off the tee into into the hazard on number one park five, and then Mackenzie had to get up there because usually you're just trying to get it in play free your partner up, let him you know swing free. I started the day out with just snap hooking one dead in the hazard, and Mackenzie Hughes was probably like, "Why the hell did I have to get partnered with this guy?" But Somehow the the funny thing about that week is there's 12 teams and they, I think golf digest or golf.com. Somebody put out an article, the top 10, the top 10 teams to look, look out for this week at QB shootout. And we weren't in that. So it was like, <laughs> cool. We were, yeah. yes, <laughs> we were like, I mean, at least do like top five teams, but there were two teams that weren't, that weren't even in our top 10, but we ended up finishing second. We ham and egged it all week. And that was, you know. We still joke about that week because, um, just for that reason, it was like if yeah, you're not no, in no love. Yeah, no love. You're in the bottom fifteen percent or whatever, and then we ended up finishing second, which was which was fun. But it was, yeah, th- those weeks. It, it's fun to have a beer and sit back and think back on on tournaments like that that are kind of a bonus.
1: Yeah, you played in you played in the in the biggest ones. Man. like, well, what was your best finish
0: in the British? And didn't you have the top twenty five in the British one year? Maybe like twenty second or something. I played it once, so I finished thirty third. Um, but honestly, like, just playing four rounds at the Open is, is insane. I think the first day I tee off at four o'clock, and um, it's just that that's one of the coolest. I mean, it's the coolest term I've ever played in. The fans are they're so respectful they know they know they know what a good shot is, so you could hit a you know you could hit a shot to thirty feet and the and the crowd claps for everything and then you could hit a shot to fifteen feet and they're not gonna clap because they know that you know that wasn't that good of a shot, and you had a lot legend so they're so informed over there. I like to say that the drunkest fan in in at the open championship was like a sober fan in the u s it's like they're they're there. And I'm not blaming the U.S. fans, but over there, they're actually there to watch golf, where in the U.S. it's a little bit more on the PJ Tour, it's a little bit more of a, you know, there's guys out there partying and all that. So it kind of yeah. felt like playing, playing no golf in church. Yeah, it's like playing golf in, in church. Same thing in, as playing in Japan. It's like they're so, the fans are, are are really there to watch golf, which both both instances are fun. I mean, it's fun playing at Bay Hill with Bryson and CNN, you know, people screaming at them and and all that and then it's also pretty cool to play the open which um just completely different environments completely different turf weather everything about it so yeah it's been it's been uh it's been more than i ever dreamed of to be honest with you and i'm then you know looking back on it obviously i'm still in it but the good thing is your mind kind of evolves and you want more you want to you want to be in that in that environment more and more and you feel those nerves and you want to you know keep on building and uh so it's 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 been a it's been a wild ride for sure well yeah yeah i mean you've uh, definitely been
1: uh it's been fun rooting for a for a close buddy and